let's look at a couple things in the Word of God. And uh, if you want to go somewhere, go to Exodus 12. Exodus chapter 12. I know typically, you know, you, you, you give the Word and then minister to the sick, you know, he sent his word and healed them, and they came to hear and be healed, but sometimes the Spirit of God might uh, lead us to go a different direction and uh, do things a different way. You're just trying to get on TV, aren't you? And uh, so when the Spirit of God leads us to go a different way, we, we do go a different way and, uh, and do things uh, in, in accordance with what He's leading us to do all the time. You know, the Bible is full of healing. From beginning to end, you see uh, God's healing mercy and power and love towards people. And He has, uh, he has revealed Himself in so many different ways concerning this area of, of genuine power and ministry that it's, we really don't have any excuse for not getting this <laughs> and for not, for, for not recognizing that He is our healer, that He does want us to be set free. You know, even in the Old Testament, you can see so much uh, revelation and understanding of what God can do and wants to do in this area in fact, let me give you a couple references before we get over to Exodus 12. Just, just listen. Romans 15, 4 reads, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. And, and, and so note that whatever was written before, we're supposed to get something from it. How many know even in the Old Testament you can get some things from the Lord, even though we're not Old Covenant people? And then 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 11 reads, Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. And talking about some events that took place uh, many years ago, they were written down for our benefit so we can learn from them. And and I know it's not uncommon uh, for people to read through some of the legalities of the Old Testament and some of the the, the ordinances that they had and the, um, the, all the things they went through concerning their certain sacrifices and, and, and when people had diseases, there was a lot of just stuff. And we typically or very commonly might just read through that stuff really quick and not see the full um, revelation that's really there. You know, the Bible teaches us that the Old Testament is full of what is called types And then the New Testament, and primarily in Jesus, what we see is antitypes, all right? In other words, one is a shadow, and the other is the light, all right? Uh, The Bible calls Adam a type of Jesus, all right? Adam's the type, Jesus would be the antitype. The first Peter speaks of that, uses that language when speaking about Noah's flood, and then water baptism, all right? One being the type, the other being the antitype. Okay, or the fulfillment, sometimes events that took place and the things that God told them to do. He said, do it exactly this way, and he gave them specific instructions. It's because it was a prophetic word that would in the future be revealed and fulfilled in Jesus. 
And so all these things, though we don't always grasp the full meaning of why, they were very, very important because it was going to be shown up in the Lord Jesus himself and therefore in our redemption, okay? One of these particular types in the Old Testament is the Passover lamb, all right? And that's what I want to take a look at here in Exodus 12. It's the Passover lamb. Uh, if anyone's ever been a Jew, and uh, you probably know about the Passover. Well, the Passover ha- came from the time during the ten plagues when God was delivering His people, Israel, from slavery in Egypt. And uh, the very last of the plagues was the, the death of the firstborn in every home. And so God gave instruction to His people what they were to do so that the death angel would pass over their home and they would not see death. All right? Uh, Exodus 12, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the, in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month... Every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, let him, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same Month, then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boil. Uh, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and entrails. You shall not let uh, you you, sh- you shall let none of it remain until morning. And what remains of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it, with a belt on your waist, with your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover, okay? And now they were given this instruction again to avoid the calamity and destruction that was about to come to that land. They were, um, of course, wanting to be passed over. But the Lord instructed them how they were to take this sacrifice and they were to take the blood and put it around their doorposts, all right? So when the death was coming, coming around, would see the blood and skip, and go on, and no destruction, no death would, would come to that house. But notice they were to do two things. They were to apply the blood to the doorposts, and they were to take the flesh to eat. All right? Does this sound any, in any way similar to anything that we do in the New Covenant? All right? And, of course, many of us know, but this is where these things began. And there was a reason that God had him do it this way. It's because he was preparing for Jesus, all right? And now, even today, uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. 
And so just like they had this Passover, now Jesus is our Passover. All right, let's look over at 1 Corinthians 11 and take a look at some New Testament writings. Again, we're seeing the type in the Old Testament, what they did, and, and then we're seeing the fulfillment in Jesus. And understand why we say this. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. If there is ever healing in a shadow, you know there's healing in the light. If you ever find healing in the type, you most certainly must find healing in the antitype. Otherwise, the original is, is a lie. It's saying something that's false. And so you really wouldn't even need the New Testament. I mean, obviously, we want to know about Jesus. But if it's in the type, it has to be fulfilled somewhere. Now, many of you realize that when we're talking about the blood and the flesh, we're talking about communion. We're talking about the cup that we celebrate with that represents the blood of the Lord Jesus and the bread that we eat, which represents the body of the Lord Jesus. And uh, over here in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul was dealing with this church because they were messing this up and they, they, they weren't doing it all together correctly. And, and we could get into quite a bit, but uh, well, let's, re let's read verse 23. He, Paul wrote, writes here, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner also, he also took the cup after supper saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep." And so again, we see that in communion, we also do two things, just like they did on Passover night. Uh, we have the cup and the bread. Now, the Scripture tells us real, real clear here that not discerning the body of the Lamb is a reason why some people, why many people, get sick and die too early. All right? What do you mean? They don't, they don't discern. They don't understand. They, re they might read the Old Testament and read about the Passover and go, Wow, that was, that was neat. <laughs> or that's a great story. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great thing to know, but miss the point, but miss the revelation. It's not uncommon for people all across our land on, a, on any given uh, weekend um, in a church or some other day to receive communion elements with the body of Christ, with the family of God, to receive the bread, to receive the cup, and miss the point. To them it has become a ritual, a ritual. It has become a religious obligation. It's something they do. Some, not questioning their heart or motive by any means, but some, they may feel close to the Lord when they do that. They may feel a, a sense of, 
of, of the Lord's presence when they do that. But still, that's not what keeps a person healthy, nor is that what, keeps, what gives a person long life. It is the discernment of the body. It is, it is being able to recognize at the Passover time in Exodus, there was healing going on there. It, they're able to see. Now, wait a minute. That's Jesus. The blood and the, the, the flesh. That's Jesus dying for me. And to see healing there. And then when we partake of the communion elements, we see, that's Jesus. No, not, not, not in a literal way. Right? <laughs> that's Jesus. There's healing there. I understand that. I see that. And sickness and disease loses its grip in my life. And my length of days is established. My life is, is elongated. <laughs> uh, my days upon the earth get extended. Why? Because I live perfect? No. Because I have a perfect diet? No. Because I see Jesus. Because I, rec I have discernment of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ that will sustain our lives. That will cause us to live free of all the things that attack. Because again, think about it. Look at the Passover. The death angels coming by and it was judgment on that nation. And if you didn't have the blood around your door, you're in trouble. Hmm. Sometimes people take it, they take it personally as if God's doing something to them. No, it's all about blood. <laughs> it really is. Now, now, don't get literal with this. In the New Covenant, we're not putting stuff around our houses. And No, in the New Covenant, it is about understanding and faith in what Jesus did. But I'm telling you, death is going around. We know that. Sickness and disease is alive and well in the earth today. And it's going from house to house. <laughs> it's going to cause disruption in life, to cause premature death and a lot of struggle. How, how can I be free? How can I get it to pass over me? It is called, I have discernment of the body of Jesus. I recognize that, that, that the blood and the body of the Lord Jesus in sacrifice for me protects me. Yeah. I don't live with any kind of expectation of dying young or, or living with disease or being subject to the flu season or anything, anything else that's going around. No, stuff's going to continue to go around. You're going to hear about it the rest of our days. Stuff is going around. But it's hopping over me. It's hopping over my family. Why? Because we know something that Jesus has given us. Amen. I've, a, you know, in a, now in a figurative sense, literal in one way, but I've applied the blood. I've partaken of the body. I've, quote, eaten the flesh of Jesus. I've, that means I've received what he did for me in taking the sacrifice, uh, being a sacrifice for me on the cross. Amen. And so think about it now. With the, with the type, millions of Jews, of Israelites, God's people, they were about to leave that nation and start heading towards the promised land. Think about a slave nation. I mean, you think about a, 
a nation that's prosperous, how many sick people are there are? How many people have physical ailments and problems galore? Think about if you're a slave, you're malnourished, you're beaten, <laughs> you are not given the proper diet, you're not given the, uh, you know, don't have the gym membership or anything like that. I mean, you know, it's, it's so very unlikely that, they, that overall they have good health. Naturally speaking, they would be in really tough situation. But they were told exactly what to do, and right after this, they went on a journey. And it's called, carry your stuff, we're walking. <laughs> you know, the gauge was on W, <laughs> walk. <laughs> but, you know, what sometimes we, we don't enjoy, if you've ever moved very much, probably most of us have, loading up U-Hauls and that kind of stuff, I mean, that's a lot of work. At least we're not walking. <laughs> At least we're not carrying everything we have. And, but think about it. In bad health, some of them broken down and injuries, and, 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 and they're about to go on this journey, and they're about to go cross-country on foot. That could be a problem. But what happened? Well, Psalm 105, verse 37 reads, He also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his tribes. What, that, that's an amazing thing. Not only did they go from slave to rich, they also went from whatever condition that we don't have described but we can only imagine to, but we know because the scripture is pointing this out, that not one of them was feeble among them. No one's limping through the desert. They're all walking. They're all strong. They're able to take care of themselves and bring their stuff through. I'm telling you, that night when, the, when death was happening all across that country, where there was blood, where there was the, the sacrifice, the lamb, healing was taking place. People were going, you know what? It doesn't hurt anymore. You know, the cane is like, I don't need this anymore. People were being healed. Had to be. They had to be getting healed. It's an amazing thing. But listen, they were told, remember we read this? They were told to eat. They were told to be ready to go. They, they had to have their belt on. They, they had to be ready to go. Do you know what that is for those who are injured, for those who are sick, those who are feeble among them? That's a step of faith. What? i got to get ready to go. It's like I don't really want to move. <laughs> you ever felt like I don't want to move? <laughs> and they're getting ready. We're about to get out of here. And they're preparing the sacrifice. And they got the blood on the doorpost. And what's happening? Healing meeting. Amen. All across the land in God's, in God's people, uh, they were being set free. And so, again, I know a tremendous amount of healing was going on while they were eating. Just like whenever we've received communion today, tremendous amount of healing ought to be taking place. Amen. Right? And so, and so the Lord set them free in, in that regard. Here's the point again. If there's healing, and we see that there was, if there's healing in the type, there's healing in Jesus. Amen. And there's healing who all, for anyone who will put their faith and trust in Him. Let, let's look at Leviticus 14. Let me show you another one. Can you take another one? Yeah. See, the, this is just called healing in the types. All right? Healing is throughout the Bible. And God, God, God ha had it in mind for you. To be healed long, long ago. 
It was always in his mind. He never wanted us to be broken down and diseased and sick. But he made a plan. And even be well before Jesus ever showed up, he was prophesying it through the different things that he implemented in their, in their system of, of worship and, and, and sacrifice and how they dealt with um, various situations like this one. This is the cleansing of the leper. All right, Leviticus 14, verse 1. 14.1, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, this shall be the law of the leper for the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought forth to the priest and the priest shall go out of the camp and the priest shall examine him. And indeed, if the leprosy is healed in the leper, then the priest shall command to take for him who is to be cleansed two living and clean birds, cedar wood, scarlet, and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it, the cedar wood and the scarlet and hyssop, and dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed from the leprosy and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird loose in the open field. Everybody get all that? <laughs> Everybody think, man, that's complicated. <laughs> that is a lot of rigmarole to go through to call this leper guy, <laughs> leper guy healed. But again, I don't believe that even though we frequently just kind of scan through some of these things and we don't analyze each and every word unless you're preparing to teach it or something, <laughs> uh, but there are, there, it is full of prophetic pictures of what would happen in the future. And really, so much of this, it all points to Jesus. And, and, and you can kind of see some of that without really getting uh, too deep in different words and, and culture. But um, we, we know, well, let me give you this. Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, we, we many times memorize scriptures like these, but they're all done in the lingo of those who know the Old Testament. A lot of that language was used, and everyone who, uh, the Hebrews that the book was written to, they're reading it going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. that's what that meant. That's what that is. But they all knew some of this, and uh, you know, sometimes if we don't study these things out, it just kind of just goes right over our head, all right? But there were some reasons uh, that these things took place. Uh, the leper would go through the ceremony to show how he got to be healed. Now, I, I want you to note this, that even in the Old Testament, including the cleansing of the leper, when people got healed, it was because of Jesus. Now, I know that, that might sound strange to some, but well, Jesus wasn't even around yet. I mean, as the Son of Man, of course, as God He was. But uh, as the, He wasn't born on the earth yet, how can you say that people were healed because of Jesus? Well, basically because if it weren't for Jesus, I don't know of any other basis whereby people could be healed. You can't be healed because God wants you to be healed. You can't be healed because you want to be healed. Watch. If things could happen that way, 
then Jesus is unnecessary. God could have, after the fall of man, come in and said, you know what? I am love. And he was. My character, it's my nature. I want to restore. I want to forgive. I want to make new. And so we'll just call it even. Everybody's forgiven. Everybody's healed. The curse is not going to be in the earth. This is my will. It was God's will. If it wasn't God's will, he would have created the earth with a curse in it to begin with. He would have created people with a limp. <laughs> right? <laughs> with a crooked neck and a half-functioning half eye. <laughs> and said it's all good. <laughs> no, he didn't do that. And when it happened, and, these, and this stuff started taking its toll on mankind, why did he just go in there and say, ah, oh, it's good, we're just, whew, I am powerful, I'll wipe it away. He had to do it legally. He had to do it through the legalities of which he set up in his spiritual kingdom, meaning he gave authority to Adam and Eve, and they had the right to mess it up. And he had to come back and legally retrieve it through Jesus. Therefore, even under the old covenant, before Jesus came, people couldn't just be healed because God wanted them healed or because God was merciful and kind. It had to be based on Jesus. On credit. It really was. People were getting an interim. He, they were getting taken advantage of what Jesus would later completely pay for and provide for all. And so even with the cleansing of the leper, they were healed based upon Jesus on credit. Does that make sense to everybody? I don't know about that. Well, think about it. Just, just think about it for a while. How were people forgiven? And if they were forgiven completely and healed completely just based on God wanted them to or He was merciful, then Jesus never had to come. We could still be operating under that same system and be forgiven and healed and have eternal life and everything. But no, there had, God went through legal channels. That's why this was a very, in one sense, very complicated process, hiding it from the devil, <laughs> sneaking Jesus in. All of a sudden, He's a man and qualifies to take our place. All of a sudden, he qualifies to be our substitute as the spotless lamb. What do you mean the lamb? Passover. What do you mean the lamb? The sacrifices of the Old Testament. They're all types and shadows. That's why we call Jesus a lamb. Why else would we sing, worthy is the lamb who was slain? What do you mean lamb? We're singing about this stuff, exactly what we're talking about tonight all the time. Every time we call him a lamb. He's not literally a lamb, but he's the fulfillment. Of all the sacrifices, he was spotless, and he takes our sin away. And so in this situation, uh, I don't want to go through all of it in great detail, but he talks about um, the cedar wood, the scarlet, and the hyssop. The cedar wood can represent, I believe, represents the cross, the cross of the Lord Jesus. The scarlet, or you'll see some translations that even say a red cord, you know. But, th but that uh, can, uh, you can see the blood there. You can see how... Um, how we are made righteous by the blood. And you can see all this in this ceremony to pronounce the leper cleansed of leprosy. In other words, all this is pointing to Jesus, the cross, the scarlet, the hyssop, which was used uh, for cleansing. It, it, it's a plant. Uh, it was used for cleansing. And, and you can read that in other parts of the Bible, uh, people talking about cleanse me with hyssop and that type of thing. Uh, but it, uh, you can see that, and it's all pointing to Jesus, but it's all in the context 
of a leper being cleansed. All in the context of a leper being healed. And so um, Hebrews 2.14 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. And so again we see children have partaken of flesh and blood. Uh, Jesus came, how many know, and just again from this example here, he came to earth in an earthen vessel. What do you mean? His physical body. Jesus came into a physical body to redeem us. He, um, he died in an earthen vessel, just like the bird here. Can you see here that one of the birds is Jesus? You know who the other bird is? So just like the bird, you know, I know that sounds kind of gross, but this is the way it was. But they, they, the bird died in this earthen vessel, and all these things were involved, the cedar wood, the scarlet, and the hyssop. And, and uh, you know, we can see parallels when Jesus was on the cross. They, they stuck him with the, the spear, and blood and water flowed. And, and you can see a lot of things uh, uh, coming out. But this second bird, you, you remember the story now, they killed the first bird, and the other bird went under the water and the blood. A blood in one bird isn't enough to get another bird all bloody. Uh, They mix it with water. And the other bird was put into the water with the scarlet and the hyssop and and, uh, the cedar wood. And then they would let that bird go. What is that? It's basically a picture of us going through the cross. It's a picture of Jesus being our substitute, our sacrifice, and then we get set free. Once, the, once we are washed in His blood, once, once all this takes place, we get loose and we are free, free, free. Amen. There's some interesting things in here. But again, I just want to highlight this. If someone can be healed, because this is all in the context of the leper being cleansed, leper being healed. If they could be healed in the shadows, how much more can we be healed in the light? If they can be healed in the Old Testament based upon these temporary sacrifices that would cover their sins, that would deal with things, how much more now that we are on the other side of all the complete fulfillment of all that the Lord has provided and promised, man, we can walk in complete health and freedom and victory over everything that the enemy brings our way. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus is the healer. And I tell you what, healing is throughout the Bible. It is throughout the Word of God. And I pray that we would have a greater understanding, a revelation as we read the Word, that we see Jesus and we see everything pointing to what He has done for us. And then we rise up and go free. Amen? Amen. Father, we just love you tonight. We thank you for the healing power of God. We thank you for the healing power of God that works, that has worked and is working in bodies tonight. Oh, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for that healing anointing, for the Spirit of God and the anointing that breaks yokes, removes and destroys bondage, removes afflictions. Lord, in all of our lives, we walk free because of Jesus and the victory. We give you glory. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, God is good. Praise God.